Hello and welcome to another episode of Paul's the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. We are up to episode number seven and today I have a very special guest. Um, she is someone who I've worked closely with for a number of years now and has had an outstanding transformation. She's gone from a person who, um, and I hope I don't speak out of tone here, someone who didn't like the look of themselves in the mirror to someone who is now pursuing a career in health and fitness, which makes me very proud, very, very excited. Um, and I'd like to welcome Kelly to the podcast today. How are you going? Good, thanks. And you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank good. you for asking. So I thought we'd delve right into it. And look, detail, firstly, where you are at the moment, what you're doing, and then we'll go back into your um, past and talk about your life before you sort of made your amazing transformation. So what are you up to these days? Um, so I've just uh, become qualified uh, personal trainer. So I'm just starting to build my um, clientele base um, off of the back of that, um, which is going really well. And I've got some really amazing clients that I'm working with at the moment. Um, also in preparation for season B bodybuilding show, um, which is going ahead because we did season A and that didn't work out so well for us. Thank you very much, COVID. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment, um, starving and working long hours. I was going to say, how are you finding the balance of all that? So you're, you're starting a new business, you're still working full time, you're a mum, you're a wife, uh, you're in prep. How's that all going? Oh, no excuses here, Paul. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Cool. All right, well, let's go back. Let's go back a number of years to talk about um, your history prior to this transformation that you've made and talk about, um, you know, who you were, what you used to do, what you considered to be health and fitness or good health and fitness, you know, the various things you've tried to sort of get to this point. Um, before it came to, I guess, crunch time where you made that decision to, to contact the PT? Sure. So um, I guess uh, going right back, I was, I was always a um, pretty lean and skinny kid, actually. I was very active, used to um, go horse riding, pretty much never um, inside the house during the weekends. Um, moving forward, you know, got a boyfriend, all of that sort of stuff, everything's fine. Uh, next thing you know, had um, my first baby at the age of 18. Wow. Um, and that was all well and good, had him. Uh, next thing you know, found out I was pregnant again and had my second child 10 and a half months later. Wow. Um, so two babies really close together. Um, I put a bit of weight on during that time and um, tried losing weight after my second child. Um, my partner at the time got very disinterested in me, um, so he left and um, from there basically didn't feel very much of myself. I was in a pretty crappy relationship at that time, so the partner at the time, um, a lot of uh, mental abuse more than physical okay. um, but uh, put me in a really bad headspace so um, moving on forward from that fast forwarding still you know uh, once I broke up with him basically just didn't eat um, because I thought that that was the solution to my problems was to be skinny um, so I didn't eat for a really long time I did lose a lot of weight obviously um, and um, 
got um, finally got into a job at Coyote Ugly in Townsville. Um, <laughs> nice. So a lot of fun stories there, as you know. Yeah. But um, working seventy hours a week, dancing on a bar. Um, my diet consisted of um, McDonald's for breakfast and dinner, and about twenty five Red Bulls in between. <laughs> So <clears throat> nice and healthy. Um, moving on from that, met my um, husband now, um, and we, you know, uh, got a little bit comfortable, I guess, as you can say. Um, started putting a little bit of weight on, which was fine. It wasn't wasn't bad because I was well and truly underweight um, when I met him. Um, but uh, I then fell pregnant with my third child, so I uh, had Jasper. And um, basically from uh, 2009 I had him and basically from then until I um, met up with you, I was trying to lose my baby weight. Mm. So um, I tried a number of different diets, Atkins, um, Ashy Binds, um, I don't know, uh, MyFitnessPal always suggests 1,200 for a female, 1,200 calories. Yeah. Um, you know, tracked my food. So oh, she's yeah. doing all this in inverted commas, by the way. <laughs> so you know, twenty grams of peanut butter is probably closer to forty um, yeah. when you when you don't actually know what it weighs. So um, yeah, tried everything basically. What type of training were you doing at the time? Um, so I did a number of different things. Um, basically, I didn't want to be um bulky <laughs> so there was no heavy weights let's put it that way um i did do some resistance training but it was light stuff yep. um i did a lot of pump classes and um those kind of yep. les mills classes yep. um, tried spin twice we'll never do that again <laughs> in my life um yeah and so it wasn't uh, great i guess um, I went to the snow with my uh, family in, when did I start with you, 2017? I mm. went to the snow with um, my family um, and we tried snowboarding for the first time. Cool. And at that exact moment when I could not get myself up on the board properly is I just lost it, burst into tears, and um, that's when it all kind of clicked in for me. Yep. So I um, signed back up with my gym um, that next week that I came back from that holiday and I started doing my own thing um, again. I lost maybe um, one or two kilos um, prior to finding you, but it was just that over, over um, six months was way, way too slow and obviously whatever I was doing wasn't working mm. so um found you at the gym actually um at the time so you didn't have your own place then yep um and uh the rest is uh history as they probably would say that's true that's true so so I've seen the photo that you reference when it was that moment when you you know made that decision to to click into gear and do something about it explain how you felt explain um, how you felt physically, emotionally, mentally, um, yeah, just talk people through that. So um, probably like I guess a lot of um, women uh, generally feel, um, when you look in the mirror you hate what you see, um, your self-worth is very low, not that to say that weight is a factor of that, but that's how you feel when you look in the mirror. 
Um, I was tired all the time. I never had any energy to do anything, so I'd work all week. Um, I've always worked full time, so Mm. that's always been um, a hard factor. Um, But it's like um, you get to the weekend and your weekend's yours and that's the time you should be making memories and I just didn't want to do that because I was so tired from um, work and, um, you know, trying to get, you know, this gym stuff and, I was probably spending an hour and a half at the gym and things like that trying yep. to do, you know, the right thing. Um, I tried prepping on, on Sundays, so cooking the same meal for the entire week yep. um, on Sundays, which took up hours and hours of time. Um, obviously, I didn't know what I was doing either. So that but you had good intentions. So the idea, I had good intentions, yeah. um, probably like everyone else, of course. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, so fast forward, what's it been now? Two and a half half years. So tell everyone where you're at now. So what, you know, because I don't have the numbers in front of me, (laughs) but where you started, where you're at now. um, Talk about the change in your your mindset, the change in your nutrition, the change in your strength. Just elaborate on that a little bit, huh? Okay, so um, when I started um, with you, I was about 20 kilos on what I am now. Okay, cool. Um, so it's a 20 kilogram loss on the scales. Yep. Um, Food-wise is probably, I would, I would personally say, one of the, the biggest components of change. So um, when I started with you, I was on the 1,200 calories as advised by MyFitnessPal. <laughs> um, I... I'm now in the middle of prep, so um, as you would know, I'm in a deficit, mm. which I believe you laughed at me yesterday when I told you <laughs> I was starving because I'm on around about 1,500 calories with three refeeds a week of 1,800, yeah. so, um, and that's in a well and truly um, big deficit for me. So what, about, what are we about, nine and a bit weeks out? Yeah, yeah. so nine and a bit weeks out from comp. So I actually started my prep on um, 2,300 calories a day. So that's a 1,000 calorie a day um, food difference. Big time. Um, and my strength is is huge. I, I do remember um, a Facebook post, a memory Facebook post coming up from a year ago uh, recently and it was, um, yay, I deadlifted 60 kilos and I'm like thinking now that's so cute. <laughs> um, so, what do you deadlift now? Uh, 125. There you go. my dad, so. So you're 20 kilos lighter, you're lifting double the yep. weight you were lifting, yeah, and you're eating almost three times more food. Yeah, well, two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool, eh? <laughs> yeah, Not it's bad. freaking cool. So okay, so through through this two and a half year period, obviously there's been ups and downs. You know, it's not a smooth ride as most people are aware. So talk about the hard days. What were the the challenging days, particularly early on, in regards to eating more food? Maybe you had to put some weight on. Um, days where you just didn't want to train you you want to give up those sort of things yeah so um definitely ups and downs um i'm human like everyone else and i have a really bad addiction to chocolate (laughs) um so i guess um at first it it took a little bit longer to get into it um it takes time to learn how to um plan your food properly uh it takes time to learn how to use you know my fitness power properly and make sure that you're putting the correct things in mm. um it gets frustrating and it is time consuming but um the more that i did it and the more that i started to see small results 
um, not just in my physical appearance, but um, the way that I felt within within myself and um, the way that my body was functioning better at the gym and things like that. Yep. Um, the more that I became addicted to to learning more about it, so I really dove in and um, you know um, asked you for podcast recommendations. Um, uh, people that you follow so learn about my own nutrition um, and I put that effort in myself yep. um, so I learn about those things um, and with that came a very big mind sh- mindset shift of um, that the time that I was spending is an investment in my longevity so it's an investment in um, myself moving forward because I don't want to be that 80-year-old grandma of the walking frame. Yep. I want to be the 80-year-old grandma at the gym. So, oh, yeah. um, and that all comes with um, long-term um, dedication to this stuff. So, um, you know, putting your health first rather mm. than, you know, um, thinking that it's an expense or it's time that I'm wasting mm. because it's not. Um, so just changing that mindset was probably one of the biggest um, things along the way. Um, one of the scariest things was when you first gave me my macros, um, you put me straight up to 1,500. Mm. And I'm like, how am I supposed to lose weight when I'm eating to 1,200 now and you're putting me up to 15? I don't understand. Yeah. Um, so that was a really big challenge to start with, um, accepting the fact that I actually needed to eat more food to get where I wanted to go. Um, and I know that it's a struggle for a lot of people, especially now taking on my own clients who are predominantly or all female at the moment. Yep. Um, they are all very much in the same mindset. Yes. Um, so it is really hard to get your head around. But at the end of the day, when you start eating more food, you start sleeping better, your recovery is better from the gym, you can do, you can function better at the gym because you're eating or you're fueling your body mm. um, a lot better than, than what you were. So that's probably one of the hardest things that I had to get over. Um, and the other thing was learning that the scales are not the point. Hmm. So, and that is, I would, I would dare say, ninety-eight percent of women's problem is um, the scales are a massive problem. Um, so when you see the your weight going up, yep. um, you automatically put yourself in the wrong place. But if you look at your photos um, and your your lifting ability and your functionality and what you're consuming and even your cycles and things like that. All of those things change as well, and all of those things are really important to get to where you want to go to. Um, so there's, there's times when I was with you that, um, you know, have big weight loss drops. Um, probably the best example is um, when we went in, did the transformation show, which was last year, mid last year. Yep. I had a goal weight of 60 kilos. I didn't quite make that, so I got to 61 um, for stage for that. Um, and following on from that, uh, you gave me an option. You said to me, we either diet into season A and keep going or, and you know, so that you can get hit your number at 60, yeah. um, or we can go up with your food, um, increase your training, um, intensity, and then, um, you know, get into a really good position to start season A, um, for 2020. Um, and, because my mind sh- mindset had shifted so much, I didn't need to hit that 60 yep. um, to accept that I needed to go up. So you gave me more food, which was great. 
um, and I lifted a lot and in the period of about six months I changed quite significantly changed my um, body recomposition so I grew some shoulders in six <laughs> months um, which was fantastic but but it wouldn't have been possible without putting some weight on um, eating some more food um, changing um, my stuff in the gym that I was doing and and working really hard towards that so mm. It's an acceptance thing of, um, you know, I put, I think I put on four kilos in that off season. How did you find that? It you? was really rough. Um, there are days when, um, I, I think I even said to you, I'm like, oh, I can't do this no. because it's, um, my weight's going up and, um, luckily enough, you, you're always there to kind of tell us to pull our heads in. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> we do have that support. Um, but it is hard. It is really hard watching the numbers go up on the scales, but you need to um, remember why you're doing it. So it's a big, um, it's a big mind shift more than the food and the exercise. I would say your mindset's probably the hardest part of of any fitness journey. Absolutely. Oh, look, it is. It's it's. You know, we've been drilled into, into us for such a long time that the only way to lose weight is to not, well, not eat, but eat a lot less, uh, do lots of cardio. You know, that's the sort of the stigma in the industry and it has been for a long, long time. And obviously the objective today with so much research and evidence out there is to support people's journeys with better knowledge and education through better eating, as you've just explained, but also more supported training. You know, you don't have to run a marathon you don't have to do do endless hours on the on the treadmill or anything to to lose weight like how much cardio have you done over the course of two years besides obviously the odd hit or something that i've given you in prep begrudgingly only in prep yeah um stairs and ellipticals are not my favorite and you've seen the repercussions of that following me doing those sessions so yeah. i think we'll leave that one <laughs> But no other cardio, hey, like you no. don't, you know, unless no. you're, you're doing the odd sport or something that you enjoy, yeah. it's, it's sort of proven to be not necessary. But no. Okay, well then, so you've, you've talked through your journey, you've talked through your transformation and, and where you are now and obviously in a really good place. What would you tell your old self if you had the opportunity to go back in time at the start of your, your sort of two and a half year journey? What, what, what would you tell your old self then that you know now? Um, listen to your coach more from the start. <laughs> Um, honestly, it took me a good um, three months um, to to get into what you were telling me to do from the start. Yep. So it took, um, you know, there was always like, oh, this fish and chips won't matter <laughs> or um, I still want to have life balance, so I'm going to drink three beers every Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. Um, the reality of it is, is that if you want to get – uh, make a change then sometimes you've got to sacrifice that stuff at the start so mm. that you can get back to it in the end um, and I just think that a lot of people think that when they when they do this um, you know they've got it they cut it out but they think it's going to be forever and it's not no, it's, it's just not. to get where you need to need to be yep. um, and then safely um, get out of it into a, into a better space. So I know that um, you like to talk about reverse a lot and mm. I probably attribute a lot of my success to um, reversing out of my deficits and um, following 
what you preach all the time. So go into that then. Talk about the reverse. Like you've obviously experienced the reverse a couple of times now having done your transformation show. Season 8 got cancelled, but we're only, what, a couple of weeks out. Yeah. So you've done it a couple of times now. Talk about that experience where, particularly the early one where food goes up, your weight creeps up, and obviously given where you've come from, where you are of a mindset that if you eat less, you lose weight. So if you eat more, you put on weight. How does how did that whole psychological aspect sort of play with you? Yeah, so um, the first reverse that I did, um, uh, I guess I was in a really good headspace at the time because I just really, really was hungry to, to get on stage mm. um, by that, that time. So I just took it for what it was. Um, the biggest thing, I think, on the days that I felt like crap for, for being um, heavier again and putting weight on was I, I'm not where I was. So although I've put four kilos on, I still lost 15. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's at that, at that place um, where you've just got to remember um, that you're not going back to where you were and you're remembering why you're doing it. So if you want to change your physique, for example, if you want to build muscle, um, then unfortunately part of that's going to be some weight gain. Yep. Um, and you just have to get your head around the fact that, you know, that's that's the way it is, I guess, and um, just keep reminding yourself. Um, I am lucky because I do have a lot of a really big support network around me. So um, my husband, Lee, is amazing with whatever I choose to do in this um, space. He's very patient with me and, <laughs> and poor thing has had to go back to back prep. So <laughs> Good on you, Lee. Shout out to him. Um, and obviously I've got um, you. So um, I guess one of the biggest things was um, I never engaged in, in getting a, a personal trainer or I like to call you a coach because I think personal trainers got a bad bit of a bad rap sometimes. Mm. Um, but it's good to have you there because you're always there to remind me why I'm doing this, um, what I'm doing, and the fact that you have that knowledge, um, I guess, gives me a bit of confidence that, um, you know, I'm doing the right thing and that you would tell me if I wasn't and yep. if I needed to pull back. Or So for those that don't know, the, you know, the reverse diet or recovery diet, it's, it's sort of a newish concept um, and there's not a huge amount of research to support at this stage, but it basically... Uh, uh, underpins the the um, I guess the uh, ideal uh, ideology of metabolic adaptation. So we're effectively improving your metabolism while increasing your food, while trying to be as sustainable as we can with weight. So how hard was it to not just want to eat the fridge? You know, like you, you've starved yourself for so long. You know, I think I gave you one free meal or something, which is cool, but then obviously you have to be quite strict in, in yeah. your mind. And, and I've experienced it numerous times, obviously having done a number of shows as well. You want to you wanna eat the town because you've done all the hard work. Yeah, um, it it's actually almost a primal instinct to, mm. to want to eat everything. And when you do eat something, it's not enough. So um, I, my first... For for the transformation show, it wasn't so bad because you put my calories up fairly high, fairly quickly because yep. of the time frame that we had. Yep. Um. So that one wasn't too too hard. Um. I would say pulling out of um of being pulled out of season A um was devastating in itself. Yep. Um. And then 
the urge to just eat anything. I was craving shit that I don't even like. Like, I just wanted to eat it. I just wanted to eat everything. And then if I had a row of, because as I said, I have a chocolate addiction. Um, So I I always try and fit um, that into my macros when Mm. I can so that I'm not restricting myself and and I don't want to binge. But even that didn't work in reverse because I literally... Just want it, and and I did one night. I ate like almost an entire block of chocolate, which is gross, and I felt so sick afterwards. But my body was saying to me, "This is not enough. You need more." Yeah. So it's almost. Was it your body or your mind? Well, well, that's debatable, isn't it? Yes. But it's like a primal instinct to just eat because you've been hungry for so long. You've deprived yourself for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was hard, and um, yeah, definitely wasn't a a, wasn't a perfect reverse. Um, But I, you know, I always go back to the fact that you know the night that I ate that block of chocolate, I felt sick. Um, I try and remember the feeling of, of how I feel. So mm. when I eat good stuff and I feel good, yep. I try and remember how good I feel and how good I perform at the gym the next day and I try and go back to that. So that's kind of what I hold on to when I have those problems or urges or whatever you'd like to call them. Um, but, yeah, it, it is rough and it is hard but it's worth it because – because I didn't continue and let it roll on. So mm. usually, oh, I've had a bad day, had a bad meal, today is done. Or I've had a bad day or a bad weekend, I might as well just not worry about this yes. week. Yes. And that's where that's where the danger lies, I think, mostly, is when it, you let it roll on to, you know, the next meal, the next day, the next week, and mm. that's when it snowballs. Um, so um, I try not to uh, hold it against myself too much and just get straight back to it um, the next day. So straight back into the macros, done. So how important is it then in that process? Because people need to understand that, that the reverse of the recovery process is applicable to all diets, not just contest prep. It's anyone who loses weight and then needs to reverse out so they're in a healthy state. But how important is it to have goals set after you've achieved that initial goal so that the reverse is more achievable to achieve? (laughs) Well, if you don't have anything, I guess, to work towards, um, then, you know, it it's very hard to keep on track, Mm. Um, definitely. And so I guess everyone needs to um, think about not making it a specific goal even um, in relation to like a wedding or a holiday or something like that even. Uh, It can be something simple like, um, you know, my goal weight is to get back to this Mm. um, and I want to be able to, at that weight, I know I can lift, you know, 120 kilo deadlift, so I want to um, up that to 135. So have like very specific goals because um, those weightlifting goals um, or, you know, if you've got a triathlon or whatever your thing is that you like to do, um, I think that remembering that that what you're eating um helps that performance as well um and it fuels your body for that so if you're if you have any of those goals important to keep them in mind because it always goes back to your why it's a good point a good analogy i like to use is um you know the fire if you if you're stoking your fire with wet timber or um, rubbish fuel it's not the flame's not going to be very big but if it's nice dry timber 
then you get big, big flames. So, um, so going back to when you first started with me, and and I, I want to talk holistically here. How is impo- how important is it to develop that trust in someone that is guiding you on a journey like this? Because obviously, you know, like you said, you can you can sort of listen, but you don't actually hear what they're trying to say or you don't take everything on board and you just do 70% of what they're instructing and, and obviously that will slow the process down. So how important is it to, to have that level of trust and, and um, or do, well, yeah, just that yeah. level of trust and guidance from the, from the individual? Um, I think it's important to have um, to be able to connect with the coach that you, cho- you choose. Yeah. Um, so um, I chose you for a number of different reasons. Um, the first one that, that actually brought me to you was, I don't know if I've ever told you this, your no. tagline at the time, oh, yeah. um, become the story. Yeah. Um, so that was the first thing. And the second thing was um, the people that you've helped already, so prior to myself, mm. were normal people. Yeah. So um, they were just everyday people, everyday mums, etc., who've who've lost the weight. Um, but not only that, those people I saw at the gym that I was at, and they're still that way. Yeah. So they're the they're the kind of the reasons that I was um, interested in in connecting with you in the first place. Um, and and the other thing was is that you've been there and done it yourself. Mm. So you've been through your own journey, um, and you're very big on um, the mental health space. Yeah. Which I'm also I'm very passionate about. So I think that. Um, connecting with the right coach to start with is, is a really good start to yep, it. Yep. Um, but it is extremely important to take on board what what's being said and remember the fact that you've trained to do this. So you've researched this, you've been there, you've done it, you've studied it, you know what you're talking about. So to put that trust in you, the more that I put that trust in you, and, and this applies to my prep even now, um, yeah. as I said to you this weekend, the more I put that to you, the less it takes the stress off of me. Mm. Um, so um, remembering that your reputation's on the line with us as well. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's definitely an important part of, of that relationship is to trust you because the more percentage you put in, I mean, you can do 80% mm. um, and you can get there, and it takes longer, which is what I did to start with. Um, but the more more percentage that I put in, um, and the more percentage, and then the more that I trust you and the process, the more results I get, and the faster I get them, basically. Yeah, that's a good point you raise. Actually, the 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 whole handing over the reins to somebody else, like if you can sort of um, take that analogy of like a, I don't know a bucket of all your responsibility, all your stress, all of the instructions that you need and hand it to the coach, immediately you can take that stress off your shoulders. So you can just focus on what you need to do and just follow the instructions. So yeah, I, I did it when I did my last show and it was probably the best um, prep I've done, but also obviously got the best results because I just didn't stress about nothing. Even when my weight went up through that period, um, I just let Leon, my coach, deal with it. It was his responsibility to get me there and he did it. And um, I didn't have to worry about it, so I didn't have to stress about it. And stress does horrendous things to the body when you're constantly under stress. And that applies to anyone in any weight loss or health and fitness journey. It's not just prep. I want to emphasize that. Yeah. Okay, so 
what advice would you give someone? So say there's people out there listening right now, mm-hmm. you know, that are just about to start their journey or maybe they've done a few different types of diets or um, followed some Instagram whatevers um, and they're not really getting anywhere but they're ready to give it another go. What's the advice you would give to them based um, on what you've experienced? Um, find a, a coach that, that um, supports you into your diet and out of it so I, th- I honestly like I said before contribute a lot of the success and the fact that I've kept my weight off for so long to the reverse um, but also you educate your clients so um, a coach that's there to help you learn about it so um, for those of you who don't know Paul will um, help us to be in a position where we don't actually need him anymore um, which is a terrible business structure. <laughs> but <clears throat> I, I am still with you because of that. So, um, you know, ha- take it as you will. But I think it's good to have a coach that's there to educate you um, and, and, and be there um, to support you through that mm. rather than um, uh, an eight-week challenge where you jump in, um, do some stuff, leave, you lose, you know, um, five to ten kilos through the eight weeks, um, which is probably a bit fast as well, weight loss to be mm. realistic. Um, and then you finish that eight-week challenge and then what? Yeah. it's <laughs> a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, look, you know, I know, I know I've, <clears throat> excuse me, I've said it numerous times about challenges per se. Like the model is good. Don't get me wrong. Like as, as a society, we're very impatient, so we like a time frame around certain goals but it's the education that's lacking at the end of these challenges on how to reverse how to be sustainable once you've lost that weight that kind of irks me a little bit but we won't go into that right now so okay so obviously a coach now um what else like in regards to the individual and obviously the effort they need to make themselves yeah what other tips would you give um so number one Don't F around. So um, if you want it bad enough, um, then you'll make it happen. Uh, So I personally put up a post last night. Um, I worked 14 and a half hours yesterday. Mm. So I I was at uh, the engine room at 4.30 in the morning. I got home at 8 o'clock last night because I still do my own training. Yep. Um, I also prep my own meals. Um, and cook my own meals. And if I can walk, work a 14 and a half hour day, have three kids, two dogs, a husband who's also somewhat a child, um, <laughs> and it's okay because I gave him shout out before. Yeah. Uh, also, somewhat a child. Um, I work full time plus I'm building an own, my own business. I don't see a reason why um, Jenny next door can't do her um, workout for the day. So Mm. people come to me um, a lot and they're like, oh, but I don't have the time. Well, actually, you just make it. So that's probably, yeah, harden up. Yeah. Oh, look, (laughs) you're 100% right. you kind of got to be... You got to be direct without being offensive yeah. in these circumstances, you know. Um, and we obviously, well, I try and uh, deliver that message to most people here, but it's true. Like, you know, the biggest excuses you'll get, and you'll obviously experience this now being a trainer yourself, is cost and time. Yeah. And I can appreciate cost at the moment, particularly with what we're going through worldwide, but. You know, like you said, it's an investment. So you've got to be willing to sacrifice something to invest in yourself. But time, I don't buy time. 
there's always time in the day. There's 24 hours in the day. So there's an opportunity somewhere to exercise. Yeah. You know. Even if it's 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. I know one of your um, clients does that. She, mm. she does, She's very time poor and so she'll go and do um, 15, 20 minute blocks instead of, um, you know, a full hour and a half at the gym or whatever it might be. Yep. But that, and that's it. You don't need an hour and a half in the gym. No. You know, my training schedule at the moment, I'm sort of 30 to 40 minutes in and out. That's it. You know, you don't want to be fluffing around, looking at your phone, talking to people, um, watching the TV screens or whatever. Like if you have a time frame, you generally have a more intense workout if you've got a time frame yeah. too because you've got a certain amount of time I to, did find to get that, it done. I did find that with um, when they first opened the gyms with COVID, um, we had that 50-minute yeah. rule in place. Yeah. It was actually a good thing. There you go. See? Turn a, <laughs> turn a negative into yeah, a positive. That's it. 100%. Cool. Okay. Well, um, that pretty much wraps this up, Kel. That was really good. So, you know, you've dropped 20 kilos. You've now entered the workspace of health and fitness, which is pretty, pretty cool. What's, what's next for you? What, what, where do you see yourself in five years? What, what do you want to, what do you want to achieve? Um, how, how do you want to be represented? You know, talk about your vision. Yeah, sure. So, um, looking um, at, I don't want to, uh, my nine to five anymore. So, uh, basically, one day I was sitting in the office and I was staring out the window and I'm sitting at my desk. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And I, and I spoke to you that afternoon. I said, I think I want to, I think I want to do this. I've been thinking about, and you knew I'd been thinking about it for a couple of years. Um, and a lot of people deterred me from, from doing it. You know, the market saturated, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, the one thing that, that always sticks with me that you said to me was there might be a lot of PTs, but there's very few good ones. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that kind of encouraged me to, to go for it. So basically I want to, want to get out of that, um, that shoebox called an office, um, and, uh, want to be doing, doing my, um, health and fitness full time. Yep. Um, so that's the plan there. Uh, I really advocate for strength and conditioning training um because essentially it got me where i am um but not only that because i you educate us and uh i've researched quite a lot myself um it's there's so many health benefits to it and i just want to i want to help people feel the way that i do so um i think it's a big factor of mindset change um because it's challenging um, it challenges you. So every time you go in for a lift, you have to get your head right. Um, you have to be in your own head. And I think that's a really important um, part of um, mental wellness is being able to be in your own head. Um, so I very much advocate for the strength and, and um, conditioning kind of training. Yep. And I'd love to learn a lot more about body recomposition because it just fascinates the hell out of me. So <laughs> That's kind of the space that I'm headed in. Okay. Um, just want to. Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm not a person to own my own gym, but I do do want to. Um, yeah, be working with people in that same space, essentially. Cool. Great work. All right. Um. Well. How, okay. So, how do people find you? What's your um your handles, uh, Kel? Where, yes. where do they look for you on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, all that jazz? Um. So my Facebook page is Up Yourself Training. Um, and my Instagram handle is at up yourself underscore training. Um, 
it, it's yeah it's got all of my stuff on there um otherwise you can look up kelly greenslade there's not very many greenslades so you'll find <laughs> me one way or the other just talk briefly about that name where'd you come up with that name that business name because it's certainly not a standard name. no it's not no it's a bit different <laughs> so um so i've done a uh, a certificate for in uh, trainer and assessor and we had a very good family night one night where uh, we were having a few drinks and my father-in-law, John, said to me, he said, you know what, I always wanted to call my training company. I'm like, what's that, Dad? And he goes, up yourself. <laughs> I'm like, why? And he's like, it's a play on words. So you could be up yourself, which I guess most people may take it that direction. Yeah. Um, but it's about um, bettering yourself, so um, upping your level, essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I like it. That's cool. It's different. Yeah. People will remember it, that's for sure. Well, I didn't want to go with, I hate my name, so. Oh, really? It doesn't go with anything like Kelly, Coach Kelly or, Kelly PT, PT Kelly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's not my style. Oh, fair enough. All right, so if anyone wants to uh, get in touch with Kel or obviously have a chat about uh, female-specific training or anything like that, um, yeah, look up up Yourself Training on uh, Facebook or Instagram. But final question, Kel, that I ask every guest is, who would you invite to dinner? If you could invite anyone along, uh, alive or dead, to have a meal with and have a good chin wag with, who would it be? And you can do male, female, you can do a couple. I, Go for it. Because I've listened to all of your podcasts so far, I knew this was coming. <laughs> so um, I would actually really love to sit down with joe rogan yeah cool oh he's a freaking he's so he's so malleable he he he's takes different opinions mm. he really listens he expands on them he's he's very intelligent um and he just seems like shitload of fun strong dude too you see oh, him fighting yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah i don't think he gets in the he ring can, but he can roll he can roll with the best yeah. of them, i reckon but yeah yeah cool okay good choice anyone yeah. else um any females yeah holly baxter oh yeah because yeah. i'm in love with her <laughs> she's my girl crush <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's she's pretty all right i must admit she's big on the reverse sliding too she is she is <laughs> yes she is Cool. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Kelly. Thank you for giving up your time. No worries. And as I say to every client every single day, have a great day.